Welcome to the latest 49ers Paradise podcast show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is unsponsored. If you're interested in sponsoring a 49ers Paradise podcast show, drop me a line at brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. Of course, you can also have all of your questions answered by sending me an email to that address or call the show and have your voice played over the air. Dial 415-376-7297. Then dial star 747-628-7149. That's a local call from San Francisco, and local numbers are available from throughout the world. Just click the phone link in the top right-hand corner of the 49ers Paradise main page. All right, fans. Now, I do have to uh, begin by thanking all of you who did contribute to help 49ers Paradise reach its financial goals for the 2007-2008 season. Um, there weren't that many of you, and I know the, that the ones that did contributed, it's for the most part, very significant amount. So I want to thank everyone who did contribute. It is a very small minority of the population of 49ers Paradise that does contribute, and so it's uh, very much appreciated that you did contribute and you did make this possible for all of us and um, all the fans out there. I do want to encourage everyone for next season to contribute because it would really lessen the burden on those that do and it makes the site all that much better when everybody's working towards the same common goal. I will be introducing a new method of donation at some point in the near future which will allow a monthly or bi-monthly automatic deduction from your credit card which will uh, essentially spread out the payments over a longer period, hopefully making that easier for all of you who perhaps can't contribute at the time of year when the when the uh, site is asking for money or perhaps can't contribute um, a lot at once but could contribute a little bit each month or every two months or something like that. So that is in store for the site, and I just want to give everyone a heads up to keep an eye out for that. There'll certainly be an announcement when it does occur, and um, I trust that it will be a, a good addition to the site. Um, also added this week, which uh, I think is going to be a fantastic addition to the site, is um, I've arranged for an exclusive ar- arrangement with Sean Zobel, and Sean Zobel is a draft analyst and he'll be joining the 49ers Paradise to provide exclusive content year-round um, for the site, and obviously more content as we approach the draft. Sean will also be joining us in one of our famous draft chats, which are coming up uh, pretty readily. So he's going to be a, a great source to have around the site, and uh, I'm sure that the fans are going to really, really enjoy having here, having him here. He's uh, likely going to chime in on a podcast or two as well, and uh, all that's in addition to the regular great draft coverage that uh, we do put up on the site, particularly from uh, some members like Todd who, who just do a absolutely phenomenal job of helping us break down the draft. So this, I think, is going to be absolutely fantastic. You can already check out Sean's draft board. It's available in the forum or um, by following the draft field links. And uh, you'll see that there's an exclusive content section dedicated to his work right there. Um, The draft chats, which I mentioned are coming up really quickly, are 
posted in terms of the dates. They are mainly Saturdays, but they're not all Saturdays. We have Robert Davis from Football's Future, February 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We have Rob Rang from NFL Draft Scout, March 3rd at noon Eastern. Scott Wright from NFL Draft Countdown, March 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have Sean Zobel from Draft Headquarters and 49ers Paradise, March 17th at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have Drew Boylehard from The Huddle Report, March 24th, 3 p.m. Eastern. We have Chris Hordell from NFLDraftBlitz.com, March 31st, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we have Colin Lindsay from The GBN Report, April 14th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, we have our all-day draft chat scheduled for the draft, April 28th and 29th. And so, 49ers Paradise is basically bringing an amount of draft coverage that has never been done before. Um, it's going to be absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal season and off-season. And I, for one, just can't wait to see how much uh, information we can pump out to you guys, and and uh, that will be taken in. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Now, on to this week's questions. We have one question here from uh, Jason in San Diego, and Jason is asking whether or not I think the re-signing, and although it hasn't happened yet, the re-signing of Bryant Young is a good idea. And um, my answer to him, in short, is yes, I do think that it's a good idea. But in the long term, I don't think this is the strategy that the 49ers want to implore for their aging veterans. I think the team did a phenomenal job under Bill Walsh and George Seifert of cutting players right before they sort of started their decline into mediocrity. And um, I have an article coming out about this actually on 365, but what I think is central here is that Bryant Young still has a fair bit to offer the team. I also think that the 49ers don't have an alternative waiting in the wings, which is another reason why I think it's very important that they look at him and they say, yeah, let's let's bring him back for another year or two. Um, in the past, when the 49ers cut those players, they had other people on the depth charts who were stepping up and ready to take on that new role. And that's not um, apparent right now, especially on the defensive line. So I think bringing back Bryant Young, not only because he still has a little bit left in his tank, and not only because he's really the epitome of what a 49er should be, is a good idea. But I don't think this is the strategy the 49ers will want to take with their veterans long term in order to build the best possible team. So that's that. I also have a question here from Jordan in New Jersey. Jordan is asking what I think about the possible extension of running back Frank Gore. And um, I think the the thing to remember here with Frank Gore is that he is right now the star of this team, and he is the leader of the offense. Even if we'd like to think it is Alex Smith, or even if it might be Alex Smith in the future, right now Frank Gore is the leader of that offense. And uh, I'd like to see Alex Smith step up into that position, but right now Frank Gore is that man. So that means that we have to keep him around. We need him here. And he knows that, and we're going to have to pay him like we need him here. But on the flip side, he's still under contract for another year. He's then a restricted free agent, which means we can most likely bring him back, and then we can franchise him for another year. So we've got at least three more years of Frank Gore where even if we end up paying top dollar for him in those years, we're probably still going to amount to less than if we signed him to a number one running back contract, which is essentially what his agent is gunning for. That doesn't make sense to me. I respect Gore. 
I think he's a fantastic player. I think he really fits into the offense really well, and I think he's going to have a tremendous future with the team. But because of his injury history, because he's really only had one of those great seasons, and because the running back position is one where you're constantly being hit and hit hard, I think that's uh, it would be foolish to give him money that would pay him in the top three backs. If he wanted to be paid between the third and seventh back, somewhere in there, I could buy into that. I could buy into giving him that security and keeping him around, keeping him happy. But top three money just isn't realistic. And I hope the Niners realize that. I'm pretty sure they do. Gore needs to sign, and he needs to hit his payday, because he may never have a season like he did last year. He may never see that many carries again with the 49ers. Hopefully they'll have a more diverse attack. So Gore's chance to hit on his big payday is today, tomorrow, and this offseason. But that being said, he has to realize that he is really the one who needs the 49ers. They can live without him. They will be able to keep him around for three more seasons without him signing that new contract. If he gets injured in any one of those seasons, his payday drops tremendously. The 49ers would almost be wise not to extend his contract at this point, because even if they have to pay him top dollar three years from now, they will have saved on three years of paying him at top dollar. Yes, they have $40 million under the salary cap, or $35 million under the salary cap, depending on which numbers you're looking at, but that doesn't mean they have to spend it foolishly. And I think that keeping Gore happy is important. I think keeping him in San Francisco is important. But I think paying him first running back money as if he was the best running back in the entire NFL is asking a little bit much. I think paying him top three running back money is asking a little bit much. If he wants to be paid three to seven, that's I think, is fair market value for him. And that I could really respect for him. So it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out, because Gore's agent is a real powerhouse. So it'll be really, really interesting and significant to see how this negotiation is handled by the team and by Gore. So there are basically two things left that I want to talk about in this week's show. The first being the whole coaching fiasco around uh, what Dallas did and North Turner and Mike Singletary and now the San Diego Chargers. And I also want to talk about possible free agent moves and the way the team is going to hopefully set themselves up for the 2007-2008 season via free agency. And, and I know the draft is a whole component to that, but I think we're going to be talking about the draft an awful lot um, in the coming weeks. So I, I just this week want to focus on the free agency and uh, I'll address the coaching situation just a little bit. Um, what, what Dallas did, I think, is absolutely disgusting. They basically hijacked eight to ten teams in the NFL and said, yeah, we don't really care that you need to know about your future. We're going to take about a month to decide on our head coach position. And this, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. I've written about a few possibilities to rule changes around whether or not teams should be able to do what Dallas did and how many restrictions, if any, should be placed on head coaching acquisitions or, or coaching changes and transactions of, of all sorts. 
Um, and, you know, some people have thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And some people have thought, uh, no, I, I don't like where you're going with this. But at the end of the day, I, I do see both arguments. But I do think one thing is important. And I think that's the NFL needs to take a serious look at how the coaching transactions are handled in the NFL. Because I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for a team like the Cowboys to be able to basically hijack a third of the NFL in terms of who's going to be its next head coach. I think that's absolutely appalling, and I mean, it, it just further underscores why I hate the Cowboys. You want to make the right coaching decision? I respect that. And I respect you wanting to interview a whole lot of candidates, but there has to be a way to either compensate the teams that lose their coaches or to level the playing field so that when the Cowboys go wait a month to hire a coach and now there are no other coaches out there to replace the guy that they hired away from another team, that something's done about that. There have been a few different proposals, some from me, some from other fans, some from NFL beat writers. But I think what the NFL needs to do more than anything is sit down and get this right. They have a really, really strong product. And a lot of that product comes from consistency and parity. And I think finding a way to fix this coaching issue will make the league a much, much better place. Now, Norv Turner and Mike Singletary were obviously considered for the Dallas Cowboy position. Singletary, I think, is a long shot for any head coach position at this point. He's probably a year or two away from being thought of as a, a ready for an offensive coordinator position at this point. Um, he's a good coach. He's a very enthusiastic, very inspiring man. Um, and because he is colored, because he is black, he does benefit from one of the NFL's coaching um, rules, which basically says NFL teams have to look at at least one black candidate when they're doing a head coaching search. This plan, I think, is a great plan in that it helps remove any possible discrimination in the NFL. But I think part of the problem is that some black coaches do get exploited in this process. They get brought in for positions where they're really not being considered just so that this quota is being met. I think that's another thing the NFL needs to reconsider. Not necessarily making teams look at black coaches. I think that teams should be looking at black coaches, white coaches, and any other type of coach. But I think what the NFL needs to do is find a way to make sure that the black coaches who are almost ready to be head coaching candidates are not being abused in this process. Because I think that's essentially what happened in Dallas, and I think that it, it happens throughout the league. So that's my take on that perspective. I don't think Singletary's ready for a head coach coaching job. Perhaps an offensive coordinator, or rather, sorry, defensive coordinator. I think I've said offensive twice now. Um, I think he's ready for a defensive coordinator position, perhaps more so after another year with the 49ers. But I can see why he's being looked at around the league. He fits certain criteria on top of the fact that he's a pretty good assistant coach as it is right now. Now, as for Norv Turner, he had an opportunity in Dallas um, where basically he, it was his dream opportunity. It was going back to his team, um, the team that he was a part of when it won the Super Bowls, when Troy Aikman was a star, 
when he had a big, big hand in all of that. And I think that a lot of that really, really hit Turner hard, and he missed it. And the Cowboys ended up going a different way, and some of some speculation is that Turner was demanding the type of control that Mike Nolan has in San Francisco, and that Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, wasn't really willing to give Turner that type of control. And further still, that Norv probably wouldn't have been able to pick even his offensive coordinator. So all of that was basically a moot point. The Cowboys found another coach. Turner stayed with the 49ers, got a raise. Singletary stayed with the 49ers, got a raise. And the entire San Francisco community basically gave out a collective sigh of relief. It was fantastic. And now, the Chargers decide they are going to part ways with their coach, Marty Schottenheimer. Now, Marty was given a very strong vote of confidence after the season, but the entire coaching staff was absolutely decimated, and the 49ers are a part of that. They hired away the Chargers' def- well, future defensive coordinator or coach, depending on what happened with their head coach position. And um, he is now the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, which, I mean, I guess in this grand scheme of coaching gripes is kind of ironic. So the Chargers are now left trying to find a head coach. And that's particularly interesting, considering Norv Turner is still hanging around here. Now, Greg Minuski, the 49ers' now defensive coordinator, was in line for that coaching position. He probably would have been promoted to head coach, given the Chargers' situation. But, a whole lot has changed since then. Minuski, like I said, is with the 49ers, and the Chargers need a coach. Who's it going to be? Norv Turner's name, of course, resurfaces. Turner has ties to San Diego. It's not far from his home. Who knows? We'll have to see how this one plays out, but hopefully he'll remain in San Francisco. And I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Mariucci, former coach of the 49ers, is actually mentioned to take over in San Diego. And I wouldn't be surprised of that for a number of reasons. For starters, Mariucci is probably at the point where he's ready to get back into the coaching scene. And the Chargers seem like a great fit for him. They have a young quarterback, and he's known for his ability to mold quarterbacks. They have a strong running back, and he's known for loving to run the ball. And he can probably assemble a rather competent coaching staff, which will probably include, again, former 49ers coach Marty Martinwick. And I think that would actually be a pretty potent tandem for the Chargers. Of course, what they do, would do then on the defensive side of the ball in terms of finding a 3-4 coach would be quite the challenge. But perhaps they would look at Mike Singletary to move into a defensive coordinator position, something he's a lot more cut out to be at this point than a head coach, although I still think he's a little inexperienced at that. I'm hoping that this will not drag on for a long time, or that Norv Turner will come out and say, I'm not interested, thank you, but no thank you, I'm staying in San Francisco. Because quite frankly, I don't think the 49ers community really wants to sit through another Dallas fiasco. And quite frankly, I don't think the NFL really deserves to sit through another fiasco like that. It'll be interesting to see 
how it plays out in the coming days, weeks, and hopefully not months. So now I should move forward into a bit of a free agent discussion. I think the 49ers basically have to look at improving their receivers, improving their linebackers, their defensive line, and their cornerbacks this free agent period. And whether that's all done through free agency or partially done through the draft or, you know, if you throw offensive line in there or not, um, there's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of money to improve. And some of the guys whose names are out there are worth looking at. And they are worth the big payday. I would like to see the 49ers really step up and really address their issues this offseason. I think bringing in a guy like LeVar Arrington, who was just released from New York, although he's coming off of injury, is somebody the team should 100% be looking at. He should improve the linebacking group, even if he's playing on one leg. I don't think he's going to be what he was. I do think he's going to be a bit of a shadow of his former self, but I think he's worth looking at. I think Luke Pettigout from also New York, who was just released, is another guy who could be a huge improvement over Kwame Harris. Again, there's some question about whether or not he can stay healthy, but I think he's a guy that the team should be bringing in and looking at, because quite frankly, those areas on the team were dismal last year, and they're areas that need to be improved. I think there's no question that the 49ers need to be looking at receiver. And Dante Stallworth comes to mind there. And then there are some rumors as to whether or not a, a trade could be worked out to bring in Bolden or Fitzgerald from Arizona. And I would love either of those two players. Um, Stallworth, I, I'm thinking, might be worth bringing in. But I'm also not sure if he's anything more than really a gizmo-type player. And uh, I hope he's not. And then there's a guys like Leonard Davis. And Leonard Davis is definitely somebody who's interesting for the offensive line position, but I'm not convinced he's really anything more solid than Harris actually is. I'm not convinced he brings that definite. He's going to expand, or rather command, a really, really high contract, and I don't think he's going... He, he might be an improvement, but I don't think he's going to really step it up and, and be worth the money he's going to command. I think Nate Clements at cornerback is a guy we have to be looking at. Same with Asante Samuel. These are guys who are really top-tier top -tier guys. They're going to command top-tier money. But by gosh, we have it. And these are guys who will improve the team instantly. Adelius Thomas, a linebacker, is another guy who we absolutely need to be looking at. His play in the 3-4 is absolutely paramount to making him a success in San Francisco. He's got ties to Nolan. It would just be such a perfect fit for this team. And I think those are guys we really, really have to be looking at in free agency. I think that there's going to be some moves in terms of how we broker contracts and how we possibly set up trades, but those are guys who we really, really have to find a way to keep around. I also think it's worth throwing money at Eric Johnson. We're not convinced, or at least I'm not convinced, that Vernon Davis has what it takes to be successful in the NFL. I don't think anyone saw enough of him last year to be fully convinced of that. And we know Eric Johnson can be a serious contributor in the offense. So sign him, pay him a little bit more, give him the starting money even, and say, yeah, we're going to keep you around, front load his contract, and 
you know, next thing you know, he's uh, a big part of the offense. The team needs to improve its threats and the way it attacks the other teams. And it can't be just the running game over and over again. And they don't have the receivers. Even if they bring in a top-tier guy, they need a full complement of weapons. And Eric Johnson should be a part of that. So that's my take on uh, how the 49ers should jump into free agency. I think they should jump in hard and fast, and I think they should get some of these seriously good players, guys who are going to be serious contributors to this team and be instant upgrades. That's a key thing here. I know that if they bring in a guy like Stallworth, for example, I know he isn't going to be the next Jerry Rice. I know he isn't a top-level receiver in the NFL, but I know he's a heck of a lot better than who the 49ers currently have to offer. And that's what I think is paramount here, and that is what I think is needed to make things successful in the offense next year. And on the defensive side of the ball, it's the same thing. It's finding those incrementally better players, and in some cases, way better players. Neither the thought of bringing in a real cornerback to this team is just something this team has needed for um, probably a decade. And it, it's about time that it, it happens. So that's all for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely rambled on longer than I anticipated, but I had a lot of stuff to talk about. And that's, I guess, what happens when I leave this show for two weeks as opposed to a week to talk about. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you again for your contributions to 49ers Paradise. We had um, quite the goal this year, and we were able to hit it. And uh, it wasn't a lot of you who contributed. So I, I really thank those that did from you know the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to me that you were able to contribute to the site in this way. And um, I hope to be putting in some... some uh, means to lessen the burden for the following years. Uh, thank you all once again for tuning in. Take care, and we'll see you again soon. Have fun. But the days of the 49ers had only just begun.